It is a joy to gather in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. May Christ's everlasting peace be with you as we shelter in peace. We are attempting to worship live, and although I look young to many of you, they did not teach us these things in seminary. This is the time to share grace and encouragement. So if the camera isn't perfect, if the sound isn't ideal, if the pictures aren't perfectly lined up, I ask you to pray, pray, pray that this works. Also, if this fails to work, we will record it and put it up on video by noon today. So right now, take a deep breath. I encourage you to set aside any distractions. If you haven't already, light a candle. Treat this as a holy time to worship God. Silence your phone and remove all distractions. And I invite you uh, during the service near the end to uh, look at the uh, prayers and the announcements at the end of your bulletin. And now, let us worship God. Please join me in the call to worship printed in your bulletins. It comes from Ezekiel 37. Behold, a miracle. A valley of dry bones is transformed into a people of love and life. Behold, a miracle. The graves are opened. Death has lost its sting. Come and worship the one who never forsakes us. Let us worship the Lord. Join us in singing our hymn, My Faith Looks Up to Thee. i 
During the season of Lent, we're reminded of the gulf which separates human desire from the will of God. This Lent is much different than we first anticipated. This Lent reminds us to lift our sins to God and to ask him to create in us clean hearts. So now let us join together and confessing our sins together to God and his people. Lord of life, we come to you consumed by our worry and our pain. When we blame you for not being there in our need, forgive us. When we turn away from you in moments of loss, guide us back to your faithful arms, for we long to put our faith in your promised healing. We yearn to truly believe that you are the resurrection and the life Teach us once more, merciful one, that you weep when we weep and rejoice as we find our way home. Amen. And now let us silently confess our sins to God. Amen. We are here in this place, and even though we are sheltering in place, we serve a God who forgives us, who does not hold us captive anymore. God gives us freedom. God gives us everlasting peace through Jesus Christ. And know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts for scripture reading by saying the prayer for illumination together. Loving God, fountain of every blessing, open us to your life-giving word and fill us with your Holy Spirit so that living water may flow through our hearts, a spring of hope for a thirsty world. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, the 23rd chapter, beginning with the sixth verse. Let us listen to the word of God this morning. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time, because he had heard about him and was hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at some length, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. Even Herod, with his soldiers, 
treated him with corrupt and mocked him. Then he put an elegant robe on Jesus and sent him back to Pilate. That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Because of technical limitations, uh, Tim Chipman has recorded a video, but we won't be able to share that at this time, but we will share the music. We'll be posting the video on Facebook soon after our live feed. Our second gospel lesson comes from John chapter 18, beginning with the 33rd verse. Let us listen to the word of God. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, 
My kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is the truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I've come to my favorite time in our day today. I've been excited about this all week. It's because it's children's time, and I have a special message just for you. Yes, you. I I wanted to tell you about something that I used to do when I was a kid. Maybe your parents can help you with this. You put your fingers like this, and you start to make a church. And so you go like this, and you say this. Here is the church. Here is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. See that? So here is the church, and here is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. Uh, Today is different because it might not feel like church that we're used to. Uh, Because nobody's in our church building. You're not there. I'm not even there. Can't see all the people either. But guess what? They're all here. And they're on Facebook too. All the people are watching or listening right now are together. We're all together worshiping God. And I bet they can help share uh, hearts right now. So if you're on Facebook, I want you to light it up with hearts and thumbs up. Even kids can do this, but see all the people. They're hearting and liking and thumbs upping right now. because they care about you. We care about you. And you are so much loved by God. The best part of worshiping in our homes today is that each of us have created a special space in our homes to worship with our family. Even if it's not the most special thing, I want you to know that this is a space for you to worship God where we can sing hymns and pray and share our hearts together. I want you to keep making this space in your home because praying and singing and worshiping God is not limited to a church building. Each of our homes can be a holy space to worship God and not just on Sunday mornings, but we can do this forever even when you become grown-ups. Make a special place in your home so that we can worship and sing to God together and do it with your family every week, every day. Okay, I want to do an echo prayer. So wiggle all those fingers, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle all those people and put them together and let's say a prayer. Dear God, we thank you that you love us. 
We are glad we can have church, even if it's in our homes. Help us continue making space for you in our homes forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we get ready for our sermon series, Walking with Jesus, I want to invite you to look at the next page in your bulletin. There are a bunch of pictures from our time in the Holy Land. We'll also be showing them on the screen, and the video camera takes a second or two to adjust, but I think you'll be able to see some of these things too. Today in our scripture reading, Jesus is before the region's leaders. Nobody really knows who Jesus is. In fact, these scenes share lots of confusion and questions. And in this instance, when there's chaos and confusion, the people expect its leaders to solve its problems. So Jesus goes before King Herod. Now to give you an idea of Herod's famous lineage, he and his family before were appointed by the Romans to be kings of Judea. And King Herod I increased the land that he governed. And as you can see in the first few photos, he had massive building campaigns, constructing fortresses, aqueducts, and amphitheaters. Photo one is a Roman aqueduct built outside the city of Caesarea. This brought fresh water to the town and to Herod's private swimming pool. And photo two, shows an enormous amphitheater in the city of Beit Shean, which is one of the Decapolis of Roman, of the Roman cities in this region. And you can see in the photo, off in the distance, paved streets. There are public bathhouses in the city. Now, photo three is Herod's palace and fortress, which is built on the hilltop of Masada. This was his summer escape, his summer home so that he could get away and it overlooks the, the Dead Sea. There are ruins right now, but you could imagine how many taxes it would take to build this summer fortress. King Herod was also famous for rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. In photo four, you can see me standing outside the Western Wall, which is the only part of Herod's temple still standing. I have a head covering, a baseball cap, but look at the size of those stones. They're four foot blocks of limestone. Now photo five shows the scale of the building. You can see the Western wall and it's divided. You can see where the men's area is and where the women's area is. And in each of those gaps, you can put a prayer. And so Siobhan and I, each in our trips, did just that. We shared a prayer. Because of his wealth and building projects, the Romans gave Herod the title, if you could imagine, King of the Jews. So Jesus is now before the Roman appointed King of the Jews. King Herod's in charge his titles being threatened by Jesus. And he knows that Jesus has stirred lots of things up. But even amidst this chaos and confusion that's stirred up, he doesn't really know who Jesus is. 
We see in this reading that even Herod is curious about Jesus. He wants to see if Jesus can perform miracles that he's heard about. Now, amidst the questions and confusions, Herod doesn't get the answers he really desires. So Herod sends him off to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. Now, there are very few sources of Pilate's rule beyond scripture, but here in this photo number six is something called Pilate's Stone. It has an inscription of Pilate's governorship. Similarly, Pilate shares confusion and asks questions of Jesus. And it's in this midst of chaos during Jesus' time, the Romans instituted the Pax Romana, which is Latin for Roman peace. Now, the Pax Romana is said to have been a miracle because prior to it, there had never been peace for so many centuries in a given period of history. This imperial peace was a 200-year-long period in Roman history, identified with increased and sustained peace and stability beginning in 27 BC. However, scholars recognize still that wars, expansions, and revolts still happen during this time of peace. Now, the people are looking to its leaders to provide an answer of peace during instability. What do we see? King Herod mocks Jesus as king of the Jews, and Pilate leaves the decision up to an angry mob. Now, while the circumstances are very much different today, the coronavirus has propelled us into the midst of chaos. Just a few months ago, it was just on the news in other countries, and a few weeks ago, it started to touch America's big cities. But in the last week, it's affected every person here in Jacksonville. With our shelter-in-place order, we are all now stuck in our homes. There are parents helping their children and teens through this. Some adults are learning how to work from home, which has an enormous, steep learning curve. Our hospitals and nursing homes are in lockdown. We can't make visits. In fact, I went to Memorial Clinic to pick up a prescription this week, and as I entered, I met a nurse behind a plexiglass barricade. Everyone wore masks. It was surreal. And now our country has the most positive cases of coronavirus in our world. Many states have enforced shelter-in-place orders, but it still doesn't seem like this pandemic is slowing down anytime soon. Not only are we scared, but jobs are in major flux and our economy has tanked, which seems to make matters a hundred times worse. All the normal problems we were facing before this pandemic now only make those things all the more challenging. And just like in Jesus' time, it's in these times of chaos that our world looks to its leaders for answers. In times of confusion and stress and uncertainty, we depend on our world leaders to get us out of this mess. And yet, as dependable as our government is, it seems like there's no simple solution to deliver the peace we desperately need. 
There's no way to provide stability to this disease and our economy. Yes, we may try with shelter-in-place orders and with stimulus bills, and while these things might help, they will not replace the jobs lost. They will not help with our anxiety. They will not cure our loneliness. Somehow these fixes that our world leaders are providing look very similar to what the Romans did in the time of Jesus. The world solutions simply haven't changed that much. The imperial peace we've been given is a false sense of security. It doesn't provide the true peace we really need. Certainly the Romans had nearly 200 years of peace. While that's long, it's still not everlasting. Now, if we look closer at our scripture reading, we discover the peace they desperately seek, the stability they desperately yearn for today actually falls through their fingers. Herod and Pilate have Jesus before him. And Jesus even tells Pilate that his kingdom isn't from this world. Jesus tells him that his purpose was to come to this world to testify to the truth. Now, what I find amazing in this is that Jesus, in this midst of chaos, while these leaders are looking for answers, while they don't have the peace that Jesus has, Jesus is facing certain death. And yet Jesus is calm in the midst of chaos and confusion. The only peace Herod and Pilate have is Pax Romana, Roman peace, which is forced imperial peace. It may be peace, but it's not everlasting. And similarly, even though Pilate commands authority in the Roman world, Jesus, as a prisoner, speaks with an authority they don't even understand. Jesus knows something these leaders could never comprehend. He knows about a kingdom that provides something better than this one ever can. He knows about a truth because he is the truth. And the truth that he provides is an everlasting peace that he's willing to surrender everything for. Isaiah 9, 6 talks about Jesus' authority. It says, For a child has been born to us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, declares to Pilate that he testifies to the truth, and everyone who belongs to the truth listens to his voice. So the only way to live like Jesus, to follow him, is to follow the Prince of Peace, and not the ways of the world. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, Paul shares the benefit of living into the truth of Christ. 5.22 through 23 says, For it will provide love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I don't know about you, 
But when I see everything crumbling before our eyes, it's kind of a wake-up call that we need something different. Somehow this pandemic shows the true colors of what our world can do, which doesn't provide much peace or joy or hope. For the ways of the world don't provide us everlasting peace that we truly desire. And while we have not seen or experienced anything like this in our lifetime, our world has certainly experienced calamity and chaos and fragility before, and it will experience it again and again and again. So we have nothing to lose by following the Prince of Peace. For everyone who belongs to the truth, the Prince of Peace listens to his voice. So this is our moment to lean into Christ's peace. Now, that's part of the reason I'm preaching from my house today. While the governor has ordered us to shelter in place, I choose for me and my family to instead shelter in peace. This is much more profound than just a play on words. Today we're worshiping in our homes as followers of the Prince of Peace. And as we listen to Christ's voice, who is the only one who can give us everlasting peace, I urge you not to shelter in place, but instead to shelter in peace. Not too long after Jesus' death and resurrection, the church began assembling, but they didn't gather together like we do these days in church buildings. They gathered in people's homes. They prayed. They shared communion. They encouraged one another all in their homes, just like we're doing today. Somehow, as generations began to believe, Christians even gathered in secret, in secret churches. When Christians were persecuted and tortured, they still listened to the Prince of Peace, to the voice of Christ, knowing that they had the secret to everlasting peace. This is a very different Lent than any of us would have imagined. And today, as we are sheltering in place, we are forced to give up a lot more than we ever bargained for. So I encourage and challenge you to see how God is calling us to shelter in peace. How do we see God's peace manifest in these challenging times? If you're struggling, know that you're not alone. If you need help, reach out to somebody in your church family. If you're bored, take time to pray. If things feel chaotic, then follow Christ's example of changing the world by finding new ways to encourage and to lift one another up by reaching out to those who are the most vulnerable and have limited connections and by being creative and sharing the love of Christ with one another, especially to our children and youth and widows, to the poor and our elderly. We are going to be in flux and constant change for quite a while. But that doesn't mean we have to live without peace and hope. Now, at the end of the day, when this pandemic is over, I want us to look back and say, our church didn't need to worship in our building. 
We followed in the footsteps of many Christians who worshiped in their homes following the Prince of Peace. And we created a space in our homes to worship with our family that we still do today. For we don't lean on the things that this world does. Instead, we leaned on Christ, the Prince of Peace. This is our moment to lean into Christ and to shelter in peace. And no matter what comes our way, we will have everlasting peace. In the name of our Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us affirm our faith by saying the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. And the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let us join together in singing our next hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less.
I adapted the pastoral prayer for Psalm 46 so you could refer to this psalm as we shelter in peace. An easy way to remember the psalm number, just double the number of the most famous psalm, which is Psalm 23, and you get Psalm 46. Now let us quiet our hearts and turn to God in prayer. God, our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. You are in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. You will help when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar, the kingdoms totter. You utter your voice and the earth melts. You are the Lord of hosts and you are with us. You are the God of Jacob, our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. You make wars cease to the end of the earth. You break the bow and shatter the spear. You burn shields with fire. Now let us be still and know that you are God. You are exalted among the nations. You are exalted in the earth. We lift up our prayers to you. Bring upon us your tender healing, your tender touch. Be with those we care for and love. Be with those who have lost, with those who are depressed. Be with the hungry and the poor. Be with those who have shelters and those who have no shelter. We pray that we can make this moment a moment of peace because we serve the Prince of Peace. And now let us join together in the prayer that Christ has taught his disciples saying together, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to share with you about a special offering for our denomination that helps during natural disasters. You all know it. It's one great hour of sharing. In fact, we've sent our youth on mission trips serving the Presbyterian disaster assistance to help with after hurricanes and tornadoes that have devastated our country. Now, since we have Presbyterian churches across this nation, PDA is there for the long haul. These churches can help and we can send our people to help. Not only that, we can send our gifts. 
Next Sunday is Palm Sunday in which we celebrate and collect one great hour of sharing. Some of you have uh, fish banks, but I encourage you to send a check for one great hour of sharing. Simply add that or OGHS in the memo. In the memo. I also encourage you to send your regular church offerings to the, to the church. And now let us give of our tithes and our offerings. But most importantly, let us give our whole selves to God. Let us pray together the prayer of dedication. Holy God, you sent your Son into the world that we might set our minds on life and peace rather than dwelling on earthly things. Receive this offering that it may go forth to continue the work of Christ who brings fullness of life. May our gifts be a source of light in a world that has learned to love the darkness. Amen. Let us join together in our next hymn.
So I invite you at this time to shelter in peace. For we follow the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, who gives hope every hour and every day. And now let us receive the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the bond of the Holy Spirit be with you now as you shelter in peace. Amen. Mm -hmm.